0: This is the SFF Audio Podcast. Hi, I'm Jesse.
1: I am Speaker to Paul. I am Misa.
0: It wouldn't be Speaker to Jesse's? Yes, it would be. <laughs> speaker to Canadians. Speaker to Mysa and Jesse's.
2: Yes, Speaker to Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> speaker to the canadians excellent
0: you got your my, i am uh, mice in right i did okay i'm sorry i got distracted by paul i mean shmee. i mean <laughs> all right
2: speaker to this, animals The
0: show's already, already going off the rails um this is what happens when we do a sequel um i don't think i have done a lot of sequels ever um uh, we
1: should I'm, probably tell people we're actually sequeling
0: yeah, so this is the Ringworld Engineers, the 1980 follow-up to the 1970 uh, novel Ringworld
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, by Larry Niven. Um, was this a good idea?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what Was it the greatest idea we ever had? No, was it valuable to see the Ringworld one more time? Uh, Possibly. Possibly. I like it. I, I thought it was fun.
0: It was fun. I had fun with it this time. Um, when I read it, when I was much younger, it was um, it was it was like fascinating and interesting, and um, I think Larry Niven was having a lot of fun with it too. Um, not sure that that happened in subsequent sequels.
1: Oh, we, but, yeah. Let's let's not go there. Yeah. Because what one of the things I really didn't like about this novel is. The dreaded retconning. They, he retconned a lot of things to the point of... Say, what is that? Ripcon? What is you he say? What, ret, retcon. Retroactive mm-hmm. continuity. Basically, oh, where okay. you say something is like, oh, that didn't really happen. Well, that's not the way it really was. Oh, yeah
3: yeah, way, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. And to the point that it diminishes the original books. Like, wait a minute. So that's not true. Any That wasn't ever true. And that kind of diminishes the original book. And I'm specifically thinking, well, there's lots of things that the retcons I don't like in this in this book. But the one I really don't like is Teela's luck.
0: Well, I, I, I was thinking about that, exactly what you said. And I think I remembered you actually mentioning that when we were last talking about yeah. reading this book. And I think you might be completely wrong about that. But I, I want to hear you out again. <laughs> okay. So,
2: okay, so so in the I ri- did so like in Tila's th- this time though.
0: what, is, what did you say myself?
2: I, I said? said I did like it this that was one of the things I did like this time.
0: Okay.
1: But okay, so well let's dive into that. So in the original novel, Tila's nut luck brings brings her to the ring world where she can live and prosper and have have all sorts of fun stuff on on a structure that's not going to get hit by the solar flare. It's all going it's it's She's got she's got a hero to travel the world with. Everything looks great for uh, Lucky Lucky Tila Brown. Now twenty years <laughs> sing later, sing the song now. Oh, sorry. <laughs> she's ba- okay. She's bad, badest girl on the whole damn world. <laughs> yeah. She's bad, bad Tila Brown. So 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 her um, her boy toy gets upset when Tila tells him the truth. About the ring world, which she said in the first novel she wasn't going to do, but she, yeah, did, she did because of reasons.
3: <laughs>
1: and and so they wind up they wind up at the uh, she winds up becoming a protector, and her and her boy toy dies because he was too old to become a protector. So she becomes a protector, tries to save the ring world, and has to has to die as has to die result. But here's, here's where the luck problem comes in. It's not the fight, the fight, the, 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 the fight, the, the fighting a lucky protector. that, that sequence between her, Chimmy and, and Wu is, is fabulous. That's fine. It's, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's when they start digging into, Oh, her luck meant that she was destined to become a, a protector for the other lucky people it's like, that makes absolutely no sense. So, you're saying her luck was not for her, it was for the species? That completely goes at odds with the first novel. And I. Th- that's don't kind of buy what it. the first novel said, though. It even yeah, said, I, the I luck, people,
2: luck is disdirecting all of these people, and who knows where this luck is going to take them. I thought
1: that was actually in keeping with the first one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but she but says her luck all along was bad for her. Whereas in the first novel, it's all about. Oh, the, the, the the luck is for Tila Brown, not for the people around her. So now it's not the luck was never even around Tila Brown. I'm not sure I like that. re 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 interpretation of her luck as being not even for herself, which seems.
0: Well, one, one, one of the things that I think is problematic is if you have a sequel, you can't have happily ever after. Right. That's exactly what she supposedly gets. Right. At the end of the first book. However, um, I think we all, all can agree that the whole idea of luck as a genetically programmable trait is is complete bullshit It is right yeah
1: um,
0: and I think that uh, whether you believe in it or not, um, in the first book, um, given, given 20 years of walking around a disk <laughs> with a guy who who as you you call him a, a uh, I don't I want to call him a bimbo <laughs> something like that he's he's not super bright and he he's on a quest that will never end right because so she just sort of gives up on that and says you know what here's what's going on really um, and then they have their problems um, that's what's gonna happen happily ever after is impossible so if you're gonna do a sequel,
1: true it's-
0: I had forgotten I had forgotten that Tila was in this book.
1: Oh no I remembered all too well. What was gonna happen? I, I didn't. I, I, I didn't, was waiting for her to show up. Like, okay, where, where is, she, where is she? Oh, that's right. She doesn't show up till the very end. It's like I forgot that. Oh, yes. Yeah, and I, I, um, I, I also did mix this up with, I think it's Throne, um, because okay, spoiler alert. I believe <laughs> I believe Louis Wu becomes a protector at some point himself. I was expecting that to happen in this book. Like, oh no. Okay, that was a future book. That doesn't ha- that hasn't happened yet. He's not too old for that. Mm, I it's it's lots of hand wavium that, that mm. gets him to become a protector. Yeah. In the mm. in the future books.
2: Mm. Uh, well, I I think well yeah
1: let's you have to
0: check take each book limits. on its own kind of um yep. as well. But, but. you know
2: what the thing about Tila like I, I love. Like it within the context of being a protector and her luck, because I mean, the protector—you're no longer about yourself anyway, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. that's kind of cool. She's protecting all of the lucky people who are coming after her.
0: There's a there's some really cool. Uh, I I mean I think this book is actually cooler in a couple of ways of the ideas is it's exploring the I had forgotten why. Um, why louis had uh needed to be a task addict is it a task
1: drow yeah yep he's Drowed. a warhead right.
0: uh, i i'd forgotten why i remembered that he had been at the beginning of the yeah.
3: you know, of
0: the second book but i didn't remember why he had been and thinking about it in the first book um He's, he has another problem right his other problem is uh he's bored right, right. Mm-hmm. uh he's 200 years old he's he's done uh the sabbaticals he just came back from one um and he's bored um that's a big problem so when he goes out and has a amazing awesome adventure comes back uh and we get a little flashback uh, i thought that was interesting a little flashback to his visit to uh the Gardens of the...
1: Of the Kazin, yeah.
0: Yeah, what's the Kazin... The Patriarch.
1: The Patriarch, yeah. The
0: yeah. ah. Gardens of the Patriarch. <laughs> um. <laughs> Louis, Louis. Nice
1: imitation of the reader. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. Call me Shmi. <laughs> there you Call me by title. Um, okay, so... Uh, when we get that little flashback we, and we get the sense of um, his visit to the Patriarchs, uh, I don't know, version of the Smithsonian, um, we get the sense, yeah, uh, oh, this is exa- like, this is actually a really good setup. Um, the, there is a reason he's become a wire addict, why he's uh, stuck to the drought all the time, um, living, you know, living very frugally because he, does, he has lots of money. Um, but basically, hating his life, right? Even though uh, he's he's happy all the time because he's got a wire going into his, his pleasure cortex. Um, he hates his life, and you can hear it. Like he's he can't he can't have cheese anymore because people might recognize that that's what Louis Wu liked, right? Mm-hmm. He can't do skin jobs. He can't dye his skin. Yeah. He can't um, uh, sleep on sleeping plates. Uh, he has to sleep on a regular surface. Like he's doing all these horrible things to try and avoid being caught up by the arm. Um, and then he's also so says he's super happy. And then when when he quits it and you know sort of fights away against uh, a horrible you know drug dealer that's trying to control him using uh, this device right Mm -hmm. it's the only thing that saves him from becoming uh well dying uh uh, because of the tree of life i think it's a a brilliant um like larry nevitt is a he's a brilliant plotter because it really works i think and and explores the whole idea of of making choices you know whether someone has free will or not Mm -hmm. and that's what the being a protector is all about too right yeah. I have very little uh, choice. Right, is what Lissa says. I am hardwired. And she has to double think her way into what she wants to actually happen.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. I kind of, I kind of like, like the. I, I was thinking about that, and and Louis is a a, a wirehead, and, and it was. I was thinking like it kind of reminded me of he's the center of his own kind of ring world there, right? Like he's not, he can't move, and everything else is kind of spinning around him because he just doesn't give a a shit about anything. And then he, like, it, then it flips and he uh, saves a ring world because of that experience. The same thing that you said. And I, 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 I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that.
1: I could have wished for a little more nuance with his withdrawal from the addiction throughout the novel, but yeah, it is a nice payoff. Really it did. It was yeah, too it's, easy. It's like, yeah, it was too easy, too easy for him to have kicked the habit. I mean, he mentions it every so often. Oh, I want it, but you never really feel that it that that constant need for an addiction like like you'd have an addiction to nicotine or to caffeine or or to any or even some other stuff you don't really feel that in the text when it comes to the end is like okay him getting over that addiction that's what saves him from gorging on t- tree of life that i bought it's like okay that makes perfect sense to me that yeah, only a wirehead could have survived that experience and i just checked up on google not only does Louis Wu become a protector in the later novels, he also <laughs> he also deprotectorizes and become a normal person again. <laughs> yeah, Dude. yeah, I know which is impossible. Yes, I know. <laughs> I yeah, it's, it's more evidence. Yeah, we should probably we're
0: good. That's for, why uh, sequels uh, are a problem. Okay, <laughs> right, sequels
1: are a problem.
0: I mean, it, 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 well, here's the thing: is really good writers use up their characters. That's what they do, right? They dispose of them. I mean. We, mo- we might not like to think about this um, because we love our cherished characters, but that's what makes uh, little books like The Postman Always Rings Twice such a great book in like, you know, 80 pages.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Because by the end of the book, the, uh, they're just car crashes, right? They're just unrecoverable. And that's why there aren't endless sequels to mm-hmm. great books, right? Um, by the end of. Uh, Moby Dick, only one character's alive, and he's, he needs to be alive so that there's a book, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I don't, I don't uh, begrudge Larry Niven's, you know, fiddling around with the rules because each I I think he all the uh, what you're calling retconning.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't think it. I think that's what this whole book is, right? Is and he, he even says that in the introduction um, that people were just harassing him, basically mm-hmm. um, saying, "Here's what's wrong in the Ring World," right? And as we as we know from our first experience with hard SF on this podcast, right, that's the game. Uh, the problem is, is the game he was playing, uh, Ring World, was too big for him. He couldn't do it. In one book, an in and out, just, you know, half tour of one small section of of the ring world. Yeah. And all the things that come into this book are his way of incorporating a lot of this criticism and thinking it through. in I think some pretty awesome ways. Right. Uh, All the retcons or the things we find out. I I don't even think they are retcons. I think it's just like uh, he, he says we were wrong about this. That's not uh, because this is a science sort of heavy book. Yeah. I think it's all legit.
2: Well, what about when when Pearl was lying? That whole stuff.
0: Yeah, she was lying. She She's was a liar. They, he over he he emphasized that um, a lot, right? Right.
1: Yeah, th- uh, that 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 was his way of explaining a lot of like, oh yeah, Pearl was she lying. She was also
0: delusional, life. right? She had been uh, delusional, but. Um, yeah. I don't I I don't think I don't see it as him cheating th- uh, that much um the spill mountains I mean uh, That makes sense I, because of the tops
1: you have topsoil issues
0: he was talking about there was mountains there in the first book
1: right well mountains in the middle not mountains on the edges yeah
0: no there's there was rim mountains mm-hmm. un, unclimbable rim mountains in the first book so only thing he did was he turned them into you know volcanoes kind of um, and the thing is, is, is that doesn't even work either. What's so cool about this, this book, is that it it shows how, um, how terrible the idea, this would be, the Ring World, because, <laughs> y- yeah, the rivers all silt up, right, and then you you're, you're you get, this whole uh, he even had that in the first book, all the scritth covered places, mm-hmm. right, where there's no. It, <laughs> We are very lucky to be living on an actively active geological planet. Very, very lucky. We're and
2: lucky we're not sitting th- on Skrith. Uh,
0: exactly, um, and it, nobody has metal, right? Because nobody has metal. Nobody has metal, and that's a big problem. Um, we need metal; um, it's useful.
1: <laughs> now, now and, not, yeah, now I'm thinking a bit of uh, Riverworld.
0: Uh, does Riverworld not have metal?
1: No, the the. The Riverworld. Um, have you re- have you read it, Misa? No, but somebody told me that I must. Yeah, Philip Philip Phil,
0: say I Farmer. Don't, I don't know if you do. Uh, it's it's really interesting, the first book, and then I don't things think. Things go you need to
1: off, things go off the rails. yeah. So basically, right. every everybody who ever was is reborn on a weird artificial planet with a long river snaking through it. There is no metal except for an asteroid crash, which um, Mark Twain finds. Hmm. And he builds a riverboat from the metal out of it. But otherwise, yeah, otherwise it's all it's all metal poor, which, I mean, N- Niven goes into whole details here. Like, like, okay, so we don't have fossil fuels, so any hydrocarbons are all going to be plant-based, which makes sense. It's like, okay, I, I could buy that. And how you could try to bootstrap your technology up basically on an alcohol processing sort of as your uh, – It's
0: pretty hard to boil things if you don't have metal. I mean it can be done. It's just –
1: it's a lot harder without, it's, harder
0: without metal. Life is harder without metal.
1: Life is harder without metal. I mean, yeah, you, you basically have a, uh, a ceramics and alcohol-based high technology as your high technology and trying to salvage what you have stuff around you in, in your decaying cities to try to get yourself back to going, which is what the machine people are doing. And,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and until uh, until uh, Will kills them all, they're doing a pretty decent job, actually.
0: Yeah. But, so, yeah, I don't, I don't blame him for for fiddling with the plot a little bit or, or the facts. I I don't see that as a I I I think I, you're I, gonna have
1: people. Yeah, I, 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 I think I'm much more annoyed about the whole Teela Brown thing. It annoyed me more than it did when I first read it. Now I read it again, like, oh come on, huh. I. I it, didn't, it didn't bother me at all.
2: Yeah, no, me neither.
0: I actually thought it was very fitting. Because she becomes... <clears throat> she becomes kind of the hero and the villain. <clears throat> in a certain sense, she's... she. Uh, the, 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 I'm not sure what order I read. I, I must have read Ringworld Engineers first, and then okay. Red Protector. But, um, Paul, sometime during the week you tweeted that maybe we shouldn't have read it in this order.
1: Yeah, I think maybe... Maybe we should have read Protector first. Uh, how, how did you feel? first? This one? No. Sorry. Which again, one I of see? them was
2: written first?
0: Uh, Protector, I think.
1: Yeah, Protector's uh. even before Ringworld.
2: Is you know, it? Because, yes. you know, like... At, wow. As somebody who came to this fresh, I found this really, like, confusing. Like, mm. just stuff just came out of nowhere. Like, this whole stuff about the pack and, and the pack Protector. Like, it just happened. And, you know, like... I did there was no backstory it just popped up and it, 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 there's so many things just came in and out and, and I didn't have a problem with, you know, what he was changing, what he wasn't changing, but, but there, it, it seemed like that there was a lot of details here and a lot of it was just oh, like, I'm I would wrong. just tune out for the big science <laughs> and then, and then, um, and then there was stuff like this and, and I was like, well, where, who are these people? Where are they coming from? And like,
0: Right, so yeah, I, I am wrong well, actually. I was sure. Yeah, I was pretty sure because there's no yeah. mention of protectors in the first book. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I thought protectors was six, the, I thought I was I was mixing up uh, protectors with um, with what um, the other one, the um the, the the, the, the one A
0: gift from Earth.
1: No, not gift from Earth. Um, I uh, brain brain is freezing. Um, the one the one where uh, the the one with the uh. World of the Tavs. Yes, that's what that's what I was mixing up with. The world of Batavs comes before Ring World, but Sector comes after. Okay. I, I was I was reversing the two of those in my head. That somehow, were, yeah. So. So yes. Yeah, so, 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 so clearly. So so clearly, the protectors building the ring world is a retcon then, because rather than, yep. right, because at the time he had no conception of the of, of the protectors. So.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I think maybe they developed out of it. So um, I said there's this book, 1973 book called Protector. Mm-hmm. I think it might be Larry Niven's best book. Um, I really like Ringworld, but um, I really, and I like his short stories as well, but uh, there's some, one of the things we get in here is actually a sort of a recap of, and that's probably when you started to tune out, um, is a recap of, of the plot of Pro- Protector, at least the Premise of Protector, mm-hmm. with this guy named Brennan, who um, is an asteroid miner who uh, gets exposed to a tree of life root and turns into a protector. Um, and it's a really interesting book because it does exactly what sort of Tila has. I don't remember it that well, but <clears throat> Tila's problem is also the problem of the main character, I believe, in Protector. And
1: oh. Well, we got two main characters. We, we, we have Brennan, but we also Super have this. Pist- oh. Yeah, we, we, have, we, we have the original pack that comes out, Pistapok, who gets mentioned in this book. And mm-hmm. yeah, and, and they're basically their conflict and what happens when Brennan becomes a protector and having to deal with this sort of uh, uplift, this unwanted and unexpected uplift. It, I, I do I do agree with you. It's a very, very, very good Nevin book, maybe better than Ringworld, but I, I think probably, yeah, probably we should have read that before Ringworld Engineers. I'd be willing to read it if Misa wants to.
0: Yeah, no, I'm totally up for it. I think... It,
2: How the, are the you, women there?
0: I don't even remember if there are any. There
2: are yeah, any there, might, there, there might not be any. So we don't have to deal with that then. Uh,
0: on uh, the other hand, uh, the, the they're basically sexless, right? The protectors... They're past the breeding stage. Um, uh, so, yeah. yeah, I guess we should talk about the sex in this book. <laughs> oh, did, uh, uh,
1: Misa, go ahead. Uh, yes, um, hello. <laughs> yes.
2: No, the, the, like that before was... The, the...
0: Before we do talk about it, I think we have to set our rules and then seal the agreement.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no. I'm not, I'm, no. Oh, dude. man. <laughs> Bad.
0: Uh, sorry. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean in terms Rishatra. of
0: shatra you said there's a whole Wikipedia entry on it Paul right it,
1: it's not long but there but there is and they miss they miss a uh, they miss a they miss a, uh, ref, a further reference because um there's a babel I think we mentioned I think we mentioned this in the in the in the ringworld episode that there's a Babylon 5 episode where Ivanova right. basically is asked to do Rishatra with one with a new alien coming to visit and because that's the way her, his species works. And they clearly were going straight from this book. It's like, yeah. And and it's just as, like, oh, my God. And, yeah, Iv- Ivanova's reaction and how she handles it is priceless and, and very, very fitting. But, yes, mm-hmm. please, please, M- Misa, please talk me well, up.
2: Yeah. The, the, okay, in terms of Rishathra, we can just bring it right down to that level. Lab- the two librarians, I didn't even bother trying to figure out their names. I would just look at them and like <laughs> the H, the boy, and the girl. So anyway. Peter and Michael is what
0: I call him. I'm calling them Peter so and
2: Michael. The boy. Um, all he, he's like, when he talks to Shimi, he's like, tell me about the mating practices. And when he talks to Taylor Brown, he says, tell me about protection mating. But then he, I think he summarizes Rishatra this way. I think it's like a subplot for the book. He says, we make records if a species will let us. We have archives and tapes. Some species like to do things instead of a shot or they might like to watch or talk about it. Some made in only one position. Others in season. This carries like he just like, and I was like, okay, there it is. In a well, shot.
0: Um. So I, I he get. I'm gonna defend Larry Niven again. He gets a lot of shit for talking about sex. Um, but. Uh, guess what? We're all here because of it. It's um, not the so. problem
2: about the sex. It's just like like it, Louis is is the the Rishatra ambassador.
0: for yeah, that's uh, true.
3: Ring World. Or woo. Or woo. silent. Or, or woo.
2: Yeah, and he's only yeah, and, he's, and the whole nine percent that he's touched, things. or the whole five percent that he's touched, is now dead. So he's got to go ninety-five percent.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> what? But mm. but it, to uh, to uh, align myself with mice, uh, sorry Jesse, think about how how much more skeevy this uh, book would be if Louie Wu was a female character. He even lampshades this because because the 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 grass giants wished that Wu the the fake Wu was made female and so that yeah. they could have Versace. But just imagine if Louis Wu as the main character was female. Yeah, the, all the risotto and all the requests for Rasasa would feel really, 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 ew, oogie woogie bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, yeah I, I'm, not, I'm not sure that book that book could be written very then or now and, and get past any editors. Like you're absolutely crazy. You can't. This is this is readers are going to get uh, going to lose their crap over this. Um, uh, I, I like the idea in a very in a very very broad like that's a cool SF concept of Rashastra. but he misses such, and, but, the idea, but he misses such, um, he misses some big points that today, like if you today, if you want to um, have Rishastra in the book, I think, I mean, he doesn't even think about it. Or he, I'd be like, what about same sex with Rishastra?
0: Yup. That's mm-hmm. not mentioned. That's not
1: mentioned. And it would be so obvious. It's like, okay, Okay, so you we, our our sexual organs are are functional for that. Oh, and we can have same sex with Astro. Here, go to go to it. You want top or bottom? It's like sorry,
0: <laughs> but no. I'm serious. That's legitimate. That's it's, legitimate, it's, legitimate it's, criticism.
1: Yeah, it's like it, it would be an obvious method of birth control. Which, again, Larry, never been going with the weird thing, customs about uh, women and intelligence and sentience. Oh, there was just no too question. much of that again. There's
0: no question. That Larry Niven is a heterosexual male who is projecting in a science fiction world it's kind of what heterosexual males uh, are concerned with. I mean, think think of what the speaker do halfway through the park. He like he takes off and says, "I gotta give me a harem."
1: Yeah, basically. Yeah, he basically
0: basically I, horny. I, I, like, I like,
1: but that
2: I mean, lions would. He's a cat.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But but I I like that when he gets there and he set up sets up his harem he said he comes back and says Louis it's very strange the the women are sentient
2: yeah and he <laughs> says know? are they as smart as you and he says well they can talk like, yeah. that's his... <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. it's it's very interesting it's it's very interesting because that's progress in a certain sense um, and. Uh, the thing is is uh, there are there are legit things going on here. W- one of the things that uh, keeps people from um, mating uncontrollably with each other in our world is uh, fear of venereal disease, whether it's uh, conscious or unconscious, it's a real problem right, right. and one, one way we solve that is by uh, not mating too freely uh, amongst uh, strangers. Because uh, that's how you get it, right? Um, Not by uh, hanging out with one person only, but by hanging out with multiple strangers, you're more likely to get it. Again, one of the things that Ringworld benefits, uh, apparently from the protectors in this book, is that none of the bad things were brought, right? There's no mosquitoes, there's uh, (laughs) no venereal diseases. In addition... um, the idea of mating uh, between species so as to avoid uh, birth, uh, birth control, uh, pregnancy is actually a pretty smart one. Um, given uh, they don't have a lot of manufacturing uh, for uh, birth control devices or pills or anything like that, it makes kind of sense. Um, the, the logic behind a lot of the sexual practices in here are pretty, pretty grounded well in science. I mean, one of the things that I, I, I don't like to think about uh, living in, the, in those conditions, but the, uh, the grass eaters, right, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I don't know, the, the guys who are basically cows, um, cows and bulls, right, um, their, their uh, society is very similar to how actual cattle work. Right, and more interestingly, the sexual practices of wolves are very similar to like any pack animal, where you've got a whole bunch of beta males and a, an alpha male, um, and the alpha is the only one allowed to have sex with the females. Yeah. The going on vacation thing is actually a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, in um, a great documentary I saw years and years ago um, they talked about the the technical terms that the f- field scientists were actually using to describe beta males getting to have sex with the females and uh, they their technical term is also my screen name in Battlefield 4 when I play <laughs> um, and it is sneaky fuckers <laughs> 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 because because they have to get in there when the boss is out, right? And to a larger or smaller degree, the male alphas use a system of reward in the same a reward and punishment, sort of a double think, uh, of, you know, I need to go off or the, the, the warriors will be angry, right? Uh, they need to let out steam, right? The idea of them getting rewarded with having access to the females is hugely real. So, all the things that Larry Niven's doing in this book are, he's kind of the lone guy in science fiction who's willing to do much with this. There is a, you know, Octavia Butler does some really cool stuff in Bloodchild. <laughs> oh, um, God, that, with,
1: that story makes me go, ugh. Yeah,
0: it's a real creepy I, it was and a, great story. It was
1: the first Butler story I read because it was an omnia. So I didn't yeah. read Butler for years afterwards. It's like, oh my God, ugh.
0: But she's she's dealing with a real reproductive uh, phenomenon.
1: Um, have, have you heard it, Misa? No, I haven't. Um, it's great, great it, story. It, it involves aliens that use uh, humans for incubators, including human male. So think of it as human alien pregnancy, human male alien pregnancy with yeah with nasty results like oh god that story that story just
0: quit, yeah. well it's not that nasty uh, that's the that's the strange thing about it is reading the story you kind of you kind of sympathize with everyone but um males are the ones who are impregnated because right human females are more likely to be damaged in the process in oh. the birthing process right um and we need to we need to conserve human females because males are easily replaced um because you only need one for many females, right? And uh, humans are an endangered species, kind of like a pet, uh, because the human space has been invaded, and these aliens, who basically treat us kind of like slaves, pets, um, and also love us in the same way that we love our pets, (laughs) but don't allow them to breed the way they want to breed, right? Um, So it's it's a very creepy and good story, um, and the difference is, is you know, Larry Nevin's looking at it not from a, uh, a feminist perspective. He's looking at it from a heterosexual male perspective okay, and that, dealing
2: that, with that. That may be fine. Like it's, I'm not, I don't have a problem with heterosexual male perspectives. What I do have a problem with is that um, the way he says females should be docile. and. <laughs> and that the, says that and then when they when they're talking to hindmost about the the three sexes and he says well yeah the two male sexes make babies the females are not properly of our species <laughs> like
0: well that that actually is kind of the blood child story as well um the that's actually how the blood child system works right paul
1: yeah basically yeah um, it's a very it's a very similar idea but i don't
0: think that that third sex is actually a um even a puppeteer at all i think it's like a sheep or something
2: but that's not but that's how he like that it's just the the way the fe- female are regarded are just so like toss away it,
0: it, he's he's a dude <laughs>
2: he's a dude, <laughs>
3: he,
0: dude he i mean from the 1970s and uh he, he, can he's see, not trying to be sensitive he's yeah, but just i can talking.
1: see i can see how female readers like mysa would go like no do not want this like why would i w- want to read this guy if he's gonna, like,
2: yeah, yeah it, it does definitely like I I even find it strange to say some books are male or or female, but you know this one is definitely more appealing to males. <laughs> my, yeah. from my perspective.
0: Um, I, 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 I tolerate I tolerate a lot of the other stuff, but um, I I gotta tell you he's so good at uh, do like he's so good at thinking like when. When Wu, or no, when Louis Wu is having that conversation with Tila, and she, he figures out she's trying to tell them something but can't can't explain it, right. like that's that's the ultimate for me. In like, oh, it, I think that chapter is called Wheels Within Wheels, right? Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And that scene, uh, I think I tweeted you guys right when I heard it, um, where it's the end of a chapter, and um, uh, Louis just figured out that that the puppeteer is maybe going to cut cut bait on the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. And Louis says, no, That's I'm saving this world, right? Um, and he says, uh, that he gets out the flashlight laser. Instead of killing him and taking over the ship, what's he do? He cuts up their only way home, right? Cutting up the hyperdrive. Um, and I'm like, no, he's not doing that. I, I've read this book before and I've forgotten this, right? <laughs> and then he says, come, let us reason together. i like, boom, I'm so good. I'm so happy. And I, I'm like, that is it. That's Because ex- I don't know what the hell's going to happen next. They, he just cut off their only way to go home, right? This is so cool because I'm thinking all sorts of thoughts as this is coming in. And I think, I don't know where that's from, that line. And I look it up. Yep. Yeah, guess who says it?
2: That, that <laughs> was very cool. That was Isn't yeah, that amazing? I, I, I,
1: yeah, I had forgotten that line was from him and from this book because I've I've seen that line before. It's like, where heck Oh, that's it's, where it's from, and that's where it's, it's, from it's from
0: Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, okay. and it's God talking to humans, saying, "Come, let us reason together." <laughs>
2: right. Yeah, <laughs> which is very cool because he plays the God Gambit so many times.
0: So many times, and, and then he is guess. the
2: God Gambit.
0: Exactly. Um, and he's he's turned the tables right and from that point on uh, the puppeteer the hindmost is uh I, I captain mm-hmm. right
1: yeah he never um, revolts yeah. never
0: revolts yeah.
1: when, he, when, he, when he when he's knuckling under he stays knuckled under
0: and there's some um, there's some very very cool scenes like that but the the very fact that i I, I didn't know what was going on there and then I realized. Oh, yeah. There's all sorts of sort of s- hidden symbols. When, w- w- thinking about going back even to the first book, the Bandersnatchy, right? They're... Yeah. they're um, from Jinx. From Jinx. They're these giant creatures. They show up in this book uh, mm-hmm. off screen, but they're mentioned, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, there, That's from the poem Jabberwocky, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a planet uh, in Larry Niven's worlds called Never, uh, Neverland, I think, right, where that's no, was, one of the... It's
1: Wonderland. Wonderland,
0: Wonderland. Wonderland. Wonderland, yeah, Wonderland. yeah
1: it was right. Wonderland.
0: Uh, not Neverland, Wonderland. So he's, uh, in the first book, he's got this whole um, uh, Alice in Wonderland theme going on, right, um, which is awesome. And then I was realizing, I, I'm pretty sure that I'm right, that the, in this book, it's... Uh, not so much uh, uh, Neverland, uh, Peter and Wendy uh, and um, Michael, the little boy, right? So mm-hmm. I, I got it wrong in the tweet I sent you guys. Um, Louis Wu is Peter Pan, the boy who'll never grow up.
3: Right? Yeah.
0: Because <laughs> he's he's always getting younger, That's right? That's true. And right. he goes to visit uh, you know, a place that can exist Um, and what does he find there? He goes, uh, through a window into, uh, somebody's house and says, Hey, you know, do this, do that with me. Right. The, the librarians. Right. Um, and he convinces them that he's interesting enough to follow. They follow him out the window into a stepping disc and into another world, which is the spaceship. Right. And that is, uh, um, Wendy and Michael following, uh, if they weren't brother and sister, because they they eventually get mated. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, they, that creeped me out. It's like, come and, on.
0: <laughs> and, and the reference to, um, I didn't understand it. Like, uh, I guess I've never read any of those, um, the Man Kazin War books. I don't even know if Larry Niven wrote any of them.
1: He wrote a couple of the stories. Most of the other stories are from other people.
0: Right, right. So um, I don't know how the naming system works. Uh, but it, it always made me wonder, like, why is he called Shmi? Um, and at first, when I was thinking about it, and listening to this book, I thought, oh, it's that character from or it's that game. It's me. There's a story SMEE uh, from the early 20th century or late 19th century about it's kind of like a tag in the dark. And whenever you get tagged, you say, who is it? You say, it's me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that might be where the character of Smee, who I think is the one, is actually being named after, uh, is comes from. So Smee, if you guys recall, is Captain Hook's... Um, you could
2: not recall such a thing? <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: he's, he's the bosun to Captain Hook, right? He's the first mate. He's the <laughs> He's the guy Captain Hook turns to and gives dialogue to. Um, Well, that's if Louis Wu is Captain Hook, then his Shmi is (laughs) not speaker to animals anymore. It's me. I think that's that's like really clever. I love that stuff that he's hiding that in there.
2: That's cool. You know what else I like? I like that. That um, they they were now like sort of a, a, on a quest for for alchemy, right? Turn lead to fuel, and right. um, and then they when they found the the tree of life was finally they they did come to the alchemy uh, of the planet because it it turned it, it seemed to me that right. that's what saved them, right? Mm-hmm. right.
1: right. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> that that's a, like... very, that's a very that's very good. Uh... Metaphor. I'm still trying to figure out. Okay, without large scale transmutation, how do you actually build the ring world? <laughs> i have the materials of a solar system. It just. It seems like you got. You've got to have some sort of a uh, conversion. I mean, it was. It, it wasn't such a wild goose chase. I mean, pretty early on, Louis and uh, Shmi think, okay, this is a wild goose case but we have to keep doing it, otherwise, otherwise. Uh, the hindmost will leave us here and run for the hills, which is perfectly rational and logical. Them trying to keep from getting straight. but then Louis, of course, winds up stranding them in the end, all of them. Hmm. I
0: I also didn't I, I couldn't figure out what the the five percent. I mean, it's been too long, I guess, but uh, the five percent, ninety five percent, you can save ninety five percent by killing five percent. I couldn't figure out how he was going to save. Uh, how anybody could save the world? Oh,
1: right? I, I I had forgotten the details, and when, when it came out, like okay, that makes sense because
0: we, it totally does, right? It's legit.
1: That's it's, it's, the, it's it's legit. It's uh, there's also a very strong sense of pathos. Every character that we met mm-hmm. in the first two novels is going to yeah. die of of radiation poisoning.
0: So such a big like this is this is not small stakes like you know penny ante. Uh, whether I get the job today or not. This is uh, would you kill everyone you ever knew in order to save all these strangers.
1: Yeah, that you've ne- course, you have never met in portions of the ring world you haven't even touched. We're just right. gonna we're just gonna destroy many of them people.
0: not good people, presumably. Well, given that there's <laughs>
1: trillions of them. <laughs> yeah, given there's trillion there's all sorts of stuff there. I mean I mean it, it doesn't it does in some sense though make a lot of the stuff he did before seem Futile and 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 I think that's part of the pace. It's like okay, trying to kill the sunflowers and helping the right people against against the grass giants. All that all that stuff, all he did, all all those adventures are all for nothing because they all just all going to die. Even the sunflowers are not going to survive this 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 solar blast.
0: I was empathizing for them. I was hoping they would win.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The the, the sunflowers.
2: (laughs) Though there was a preamble to the to the final thing, I he kept on saying, "I don't want to do any harm." I'm, I, you know, and when he did the sunflower thing to the to the otter people, I'm so right. sorry.
1: And, and as he was getting ready to do the big one, mm-hmm. right, and, and that goes, goes ties into the whole Tila Brown and being a protector. She can't do greatest good for greatest number because her calculation is a year for everybody is better than. Killing five percent. I'm not sure the math works. Killing five percent of them for sure. I'm. I'm. i I'm. I'm of two minds. It's like, does that math really work in Do your? Do the head? numbers
0: add up? Do I the
1: numbers? Does the numbers add up? Teela being incapable of pulling the trigger, basically, because at any point she could have done what Louie Wu winds up doing and activating the solar flare, killing that section. Well, it could be
0: triple think as well. That's a, uh, that's a, It doesn't say that, but. Uh. Right. One of the things that comes up, and it's a, one of the reasons Protector such a good book, is it talks about motivation, right? Like, why why do anything? Um, mm-hmm. Why why not just sit at home uh, and uh, shoot drugs all day? Plug
2: right?
0: in, yeah. Um, yeah, or, you know, what's the point of anything? And she, her motivation is to care for... Uh, the breeders—that's everybody on the ring world—but she also has a motivation to protect all of her own breeders more than other breeders, right? Mm-hmm. Like,
3: um,
0: so one of the things she says is, "Louis, you're the closest relative to me, even though they were having sex not that long ago, right? right. They are um, of the same species. They are much more closely related than anyone else on the on the ring world. Um, she has motivation not to kill him." Um, but she also has a motivation, uh, you know, thirteen trillion motivations to to save everyone else,
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, and she's she she created protectors and then killed them because of those motivations. And this is actually um, this is very very interesting stuff. There's a I, I I think I sent it to you, Paul. I don't know if I sent it to you, Misa. There's this guy named Jordan Peterson at uh, University of Toronto who is, I think, incredibly interesting because he's talking about sort of the movement in society uh, that uh, we think is probably a good thing but is also sort of a uh, cancerous growth and that it's wildly out of control in a certain sense. And that it's, you know, giving everybody respect um, might be a problem. So the way I would say it is, you know, helicopter parenting, where the parent comes in and says, "You can't uh, tell my student, my student, my son, that his grades are low," <laughs> to the, the professor or the teacher. Um, uh, and then what happens is the the teacher doesn't really have a strong motivation to defend sort of a generic idea of academic uh value they have a motivation to basically not get fired and to not deal with junk Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so what do they do they usually knuckle under right um but what happens then is sort of a lowering of the standards and a great inflation this is a huge huge issue it has a great inflation was an issue back when i was in university um, and the only department that didn't didn't knuckle under to great inflation, um, a business was insane. I couldn't. Uh, the business and uh, computer science departments were. All, computer science was as well, but it wasn't as bad as business. Um, business was like everybody was getting A's, right? The, mm-hmm. the only difference was in the percentile. Um, and the only one that didn't was philosophy. That was the only one that was holding out, and that is not true anymore. I, I, I believe that that they are suffering from great inflation now as well. Um, and it's because we have sort of a society that said, you know, people should be empowered. No one should tell you you're, you're lesser, right? Um, and parents take this in and then they give it to their kids. And this is actually a really smart and interesting thing because it's basically the mother protecting the young, right? Saying, you know, you can't come near my, ch- my child, um, says the bear mom to uh, some guy walking through the woods, right? and comes up and mauls you, attacks you because you are um, a threat to the child. Um, now, if you're walking down the street and some lady comes up to you and uh, yells at you because you looked at her child, that's kind of the same thing. But on the other hand, we have a sort of a sense that maybe kids shouldn't be sheltered their entire life right? That they need to, uh, what, w- there's a lady in New York who does this thing called free range. Oh yeah. <laughs> to, on the, the subway,
3: right? Oh yeah. Right?
0: Putting her kid on the subway, right? This is, this is something that when I was a kid, you know, I walked to school and, uh, and now nobody I know get, walks to school unless they're, uh, late teens and they don't have to walk very far.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And they walk in groups because the the perce- the perception is that the threat level is much higher. Of course, the threat level is much lower and in part that's because of the sense of protection that uh, we are offering to everybody. right? But there's this sort of craziness that happens when you put somebody um, very powerful in charge of of a society, and they're like a mother, right? And that's the that's what Jordan Peterson's sort of thesis is, and I think it's really interesting. In the same way, protectors, whether they're male or female, um, will do radical things in order to protect their young, right? The, the breeders, the, and this is kind of like imagine grandma with um, the powers of Rambo right um, she, uh, she, she has all these grandchildren and she super powered. she's super smart. she can anticipate your um, your threat light years out. Uh, that's dangerous. Um, and that's why Tila is such a fearsome adversary, even mm-hmm. though she was playing to lose, right? And that's I think that that's such an amazing thing that he's sort of pointing at. Um, in this fictional adventure. And I've never seen anybody do that in fiction. Um, the closest uh, I see anything to, to that in science fiction is um, probably th- that in the Dune dinner party scene, right? If you know what I mean, Paul? Yes. Uh, my, uh, say you read Dune?
2: I did read Dune.
0: Okay, so you know that dinner party scene where everybody is at, at the table, we see every all their thoughts, and you can see they... You know, they're making plans and strategies and it's just uh, like these are super geniuses all sitting around the table plotting how to murder each other. Um, and yet all, packed into all of this, into this little adventure, it's also literally a, a kind of a, an adventure. I was thinking how much it was a role playing game style adventure. Paul, I guess you would know what I mean. I don't know, Misa, if you've ever RPG'd, but...
2: My kids. uh, Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. Um, The scene where, um, you know, he's going to save all these people uh, from the sunflowers, right? Yep. That is Mm -hmm. totally Mm -hmm. an RPG. Oh, oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah, It's a still play character trying to uh, (laughs) engineer something.
0: And that's (laughs) where I think the game, the the, uh, Ringworld role-playing game, like somebody was reading that and said, this is a game, (laughs) like, maybe not in the first book, but in the second book, for sure.
1: And by oh, that point, yeah, role-playing games were really a thing by 1980. So yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah we, we, let's let's let role-play stuff on the Ring World. Why not?
0: Oh my God, it's it's perfect,
1: right? I don't You've have a, all co- this... I don't have a copy of it. I wish I did.
2: <clears throat> there was yeah. a scene where he says, and nobody noticed he was talking into his hand. I thought that was great.
0: Yeah. Yep. Um want to I want to read this too because uh, there's so many layers of um, like fun in inside mm-hmm. uh, I want to mm-hmm. read these two things um, and then I want to uh, tell you why I, I read them so I'm gonna there are two poems here the place was dark and dusty and half lost in tangles of old alleys near the keys reeking of strange things brought in from the seas and queer curls of fogs a fog that the West tossed The west winds tossed. Small lozenge panes obscured by smoke and frost just showed the books in piles like twisted trees rotting from floor to roof uh, congeries of crumbling elder lore at little cost. I entered, charmed, and from a cobwebbed heap took up the nearest tome and thumbed it through, trembling at curious words that seemed to keep some secret monstrous, monstrous if one only knew. Then, looking for some cellar old in craft, I could find nothing but a voice that laughed. Next poem goes, I held the book beneath my coat at pains to hide the thing from sight in such a place, hurrying through the ancient harbor lanes with often turning head and nervous pace. Dull, furtive windows in old tottering brick peered at me oddly as I hastened by, and thinking that what they sheltered I grew sick for a redeeming glimpse of clean blue sky no one had seen me take the thing but still a blank a bank sorry a blank laugh echoed in my whirling head and I could guess what knighted worlds of ill lurked in that volume I had coveted mm. the way grew strange the walls alike and maddening and far behind me unseat feet were padding do you recognize what this is Paul
1: I should it's lovecraft isn't it
0: it is Lovecraft. It's the first two uh, sonnets from Fungi from Yaga. That's
1: yeah. It's, yes. It's like,
0: right. So the oh, the first one's called the book, and the second one's called Pursuit.
1: Yes, because we've done um, shows on some of the later ones. Right. It's a very same similar style.
0: Yeah, very same. Um, but that's also in this book. Um, he goes to the the city, doesn't know what he's going there for, but he 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 needs to find this the source of the repair center. Right. Right. And he finds some books of elder lore <laughs> um, in the library, right? Um, he has all sorts of trouble getting into the library. And when, once he gets them, um, he he can't read the books because they don't have a machine that can turn it into audiobooks. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, which I thought funny. was he,
1: probably very funny listening to an audiobook about the problems right. of not having an audiobook.
0: Right, right, right. And then um, he steals them. <laughs> He steals the books and the machine, right? For reading it, and takes them to uh, out the window. Right? He runs off with them. There's there's a connection between you know that sort of the finding the old books that reveal the truth about the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he goes into the library, and one of the things that um, they all know in the library. Is that, um, yeah, the world is a ring, right? And yes, the machine yes. only the machinists, and uh, that's a secret. How did you know, right? So there's almost this cult of the book, cult of um, knowledge. The cult of knowledge. Indeed, there's a, a great cover, I think the original paperback uh, that I had, I don't know if it's the first paperback, I had a, a protector um, and has the protector in a library
1: oh, yeah, with yeah, yeah.
0: a book on its lap. Uh, and a carrot you know or whatever tree of life root at its side and is surrounded by these ancient tomes right,
1: right? that right that's just the in the library on uh, on pack
0: right so the uh, the whole idea is that um great books make you super smart I think that
1: oh yeah that's its definitely, yeah, it's definitely uh, hitting that hard at that picture
0: it is hitting that hard and then um there was this line uh I don't know where I'm on page 128 of 138 pages in a document here. I wanted to read this um, because I thought it's like, oh, yeah. So something leaped from the crest of the next hill over. Green light speared in it in midair and held while the thing flamed and died. So much for Shmi's spacesuit. But a a flight of hand-sized missiles flew towards the base of green laser beam. Half a dozen white flashes from behind the rise and the snap of lightning striking close showed that Schmi had succeeded in turning puppeteer-made batteries into bombs. Tila was close, and she was using a laser, and if she was circling the pond just beyond the crest, oh. dot, 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 oh. Louis adjusted his position. Schmie's burnt suit had fallen too slowly. A protector would know it was empty. Cthulhu and Allah! I
2: know, How I could
0: anyone say that. By <laughs> a lucky protector, <laughs> he's calling on one fictional god and one semi-fictional god. I
2: thought that was great when I read that. Isn't that great? Yeah.
0: And it's like that is. Um. I, I he had called on other gods earlier.
2: Mm-hmm,
1: in the he book. had. Yeah.
0: And I just thought, oh yeah, this is um, this is him playing a game with us. Um, and I like this game. I I agreed that you know he. The thing, though, ultimately, though, that I think you have to remember is that I, I think this is true. The gender really does change people's minds, right? Males have this problem they have lots of seed and very little field to plant it in, right? Zero field, actually. So they have to find fields. Females have one field and there's a plethora of seeds to plant, right? If that's if those two things are true, and I think they are, um, that has consequences in thinking, and I, I think Larry Niven isn't thinking about it in this sort of meta way. I am. He's just thinking of, of it from sort of a male perspective, right? What do men want? If you look at history, uh, uh, what's a Genghis had a huge harem, right? Um, all the sultans had harems, all the uh pretty much all the peoples uh yeah. had some sort of practice for polygamy i mean yeah. it happened in the united states mm-hmm. right um there are exceptions um for example uh vikings right they are strangely um didn't usually have multiple wives at any one time um, what did it do it made a lot of men go off and fight in order to come back with riches to attract females This is just, these are just facts, right? I'm not, like, making stuff up. These are facts. How did this sort of weird phenomena happen? Is it patriarchy in the same way that, you know, the thing, I think it's biological. And Larry Nivens maybe not saying, look, this is biological in the way that I am. But uh, what's so interesting is that this is a... I think that he's working it out sort of with all these weird ideas he has about uh, males and female relationships Mm -hmm. in this ring world scenario. And what's cool about the protector is that that's part of our life cycle as well, because after a certain point we do stop breeding, we stop making babies and we become grandmothers or grandfathers. And that's where we provide wisdom, usually not arms, you know, uh, weapons of war, but sometimes there are old warriors who do go off and fight for their families, right, um, in their 60s or whatever. Um, but the important part is, is they're there and they don't have a like, I'm going to protect this one child. They sort of have a generic love, and if you think of of what's actually sort of another plot going on in Ringworld Engineers, um, and I go back to you know how the Earth is so. Great, and Ringworld sucks, because mm-hmm. um, it, it's developing me- – Earth's always developing metal for us. Um, Ringworld's broken, is broken from the start. And Ringworld is a kind of Garden of Eden, right? There's no disease is the idea, right? Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. a protector mom, dad out there, God, out there who gives you uh, lots of things to eat and no predators, Right? Um, all, all the predators are put on one island way too far away from any of the other islands, right? Um, uh, the other planets that are uh, island-sized in the, the giant ocean.
1: Right, the only predators are other hominids. And mm-hmm. this, is the,
0: this is kind of the story of the fall, right? The, the story of the fall from the Garden of Eden. Right. Yeah. And what is the thing that that turns you into a person who falls? The Tree of Life root
1: right, right. And, yeah
0: and and it turns you into a much harder person right much not just physically harder but mentally harder and that idea of like who do we need right now if if the ring world engineers is a, an is an analogy for our world today what is the falling towards the Sun or crashing into the Sun problem oh it's climate change right right and what are we doing about it Fuck all, right? And that's because we're so busy pulling the uh, the, the world apart the, that was carefully um, uh, created by nature, not actually by a god, but created by nature. We're pulling off those uh, those uh, ring um, hyperdrives. What, what, what yeah. are they?
1: Yeah, the, 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 yeah, the attitude jets. The, mm-hmm. uh,
0: well, yeah, the attitude jets that are actually spaceship engines, right? Well, they're turned into or spaceship. vice versa, yeah. Right, and uh, flying them off into uh, other places and saying, fuck this world, except there is no other world to get to, right? Um, that's that's what's so interesting is that the ring world is actually an analogy for Earth, right? That the problems we cause to our ecosystem will kill us if we're not smart. That's
2: um, fascinating, yeah.
0: And, and I think we do we, we we need some smart badass um and i, I that sounds horrible right i don't
1: want to So is so are saying we need a protector to save us?
0: Well that's the thing is is they'd be a horrible monster right they would say this is what's happening you people are moving here that's you know no more of this we're we're spending all our money on that that's not capitalism that's not democracy right
1: that's, that's autarky
0: or that's some hero coming in and saying i can save the world and, and then he says, I'm going to kill off you people. It's fucking monstrous, right? Mm-hmm. But that's the human condition. Um, and that's the condition we're in. Because uh, leaving things as they are, uh, I hate to tell you, Justin Trudeau is not going to solve it. And uh, <laughs> i sorry, Mr. Trump ain't going to solve it either. Right? Yeah, I well, need. I mean, I'm not saying I'm going to do it, but somebody around here needs to eat some tree of life root.
1: But but going to your biblical uh, analogy for a second, tree of life actually com- in in this in uh, the protectors actually combines the two trees because in the Bible you have the tree of knowledge and then you have the tree of immortality. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. Um, Adam and Eve eat of uh, the tree of knowledge and then they get ashamed and they cover themselves and and the serpent said, "Well, if you eat of the tree of tree of immortality then you'll become like god and but they don't get to but the tree mm. of life root combines both you have because because it's mentioned that protectors can live it's especially in the especially in the novel protector but here it's mentioned too that protectors can live thousands of years so you get so you lose your chance to have any more children but you get not only knowledge but you do get that longevity you get that uh immortality of a sort to uh be able to uh protect your descendants. So, yeah, so, so it's actually both trees at once, but in the Bible of course, enemies don't get to eat immortality because the sword is placed and yeah, they're they are banished out of the garden of Eden. So, and and not to mention speaking of uh biblical analogies, consider consider the major event in this novel that were in Ringel history 1200 years mm-hmm. ago, the fall of the cities. Right. Yeah. Nice. the fall- I did kind of accept the idea that Pearson's puppeteers did this. I could, I could buy their snaky heads. Be because considering mm-hmm. what Good they point. did to the Good Zane point. and what they did to humans, then putting a superconductor plague on them, I could voices too. I could buy yes. that. Yes, yes, that's I, right. Yes, exactly. Yes, so they, <laughs> they they engineered the fall of the Garden. I mean, I could buy that right away. But that wanna... that that's a retcon I could accept. Like, okay. They uh, mm-hmm. the, the the puppeteers screwed with the ring world and now that, that's what we, that's why we have what we have.
0: I want to read this quote. Uh, this is probably where uh, I mean the, the thing is is some of this is me interpret interpolating what, what's going on I think and then some of it is um, it's just right in the book right. Mm-hmm. So here this is from uh, I don't know quite deep into the book fairly near the end. The smell of tree of life was in Louis's nose. And in his brain, it was not like the wire. Current was sufficient unto itself, an experience that demanded nothing further to make it perfect. The smell of tree of life was ecstasy, but it sparked a raging hunger. But it sparked a raging hunger. Louis knew what tree of life was now. It had So he's never seen it, but he's seen it, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It has glossy dark green leaves and roots like sweet potato. And it was all around him. And the taste... Something in his brain remembered the taste of paradise, capital right. P. Right. right. Um, so it's like this. Uh, what's what's cool is that if you buy this pack protector s- sort of story, which is bullshit, right? There's we're not pack protectors. Um, this is and what, what they call it. Uh, I was going to say angiosperms, but that's not it's panspermia is the oh, idea, panspermia. right? We came from the stars And if you read a lot of 70s non-fiction, well, actually garbage fiction books, um, like Chariots of the Gods, right? Mm -hmm. There's tons of that junk out then um, saying, you know, humans didn't come from Earth. Wait, wait, that's the plot of um, Battlestar Galactica as well, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so the the idea is that humans were put on earth as a colony of pack breeders. And then because we didn't have, uh, uh, what was it? Lithium? No, it wasn't lithium.
1: Thallium, no. Thallium. oxide,
0: Thallium oxide yeah. in our soil. Mm-hmm. Uh, we couldn't grow a tree of life root and that's why we get old and we, uh, we uh, get rheumatitis, right? <laughs> you know, big knobbly, um, uh, fingers um, but it, instead of being strong, big, gnarly fingers, because we haven't eaten the tree of life, they're just terrible. And we lose our teeth. Right? It's, it's clever. He's, he's a clever dude. <clears throat> but what he's doing is saying, ah, the Bible's a true story. And it's just we've forgotten that uh, the pack and the, the tree of life was the garden or Ringworld was a garden or something like that, right? And it's like, damn, that's good. It's deep. This book, even though, even though, yeah, it's sort of a yeah, 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 sequel to uh, a good book. Um, he's still doing good work here. And I appreciate that.
2: No, no, I appreciate seven. that. And I didn't think about all, all that um, Garden of Eden stuff. I I, yeah. I do like that. Mm-hmm. It adds another dimension. That's another ring. I mean, I if
0: you, start, you start thinking about it and um, what? Well, what? Who were the first people on this garden? The first humans, a woman and a man,
1: <laughs> and well, the man was in
2: first. And Then, the, and then, first. The, then uh, the two librarians starting again. They're you know they yeah, are the right. new Adam and Eve, I guess. And this is the
1: only people left
0: of their uh, are the only people yeah. left the species. Yeah, and if you remember from the
2: first, book, and they're getting on a boat, <laughs> An <ark. laughs> and they getting up.
0: That's right. Yes, um, but if you remember from the first book, um, Louis, uh, you know, he's much older. 200, he's 200 years old in the first book. He's much older than Tila. But it turned out that Tila was actually one of his descendants, right? What? Distantly related. I'm pretty sure that that was right.
2: Was that in the book um, that I...
0: Yeah, it's like she was in, yeah, somehow related to him. Um, and because she's much younger, it's like man is created first. Are you sure? Not. I, I'm pretty I, sure about that.
1: I, I know they retconned later, which really annoys I don't me. That that, be, that Beowulf Schaefer and Louis War were related, which makes no sense to me. But I wasn't sure that Tila was actually related. Uh, to I
0: I, th- I think there was a, a tossed-off line in there, um, because it was not just um, it was not just uh, an old man sleeping with a young woman, but it was also a little bit of incest. As well.
1: I mean, that kind of reminds me.
0: Um, it wasn't was heinlein level incest.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was, I was thinking. Heinlein there for a second.
0: No, no. If you think if you if you think incest in science fiction, now that's, that's Heinlein. But there's a little bit. There, there was something to it, if I recall correctly. <laughs> oh,
1: What's
0: male science fiction writers. Hmm.
1: Male science fiction writers. I mean, I mean, there's some really nice set pieces here, the sunflowers, the library mm-hmm. city. I really I like love the vampires. The vamp- I, love
0: the vampire.
3: right. no, no, I love the vampires.
1: Pheromone, pheromone using vampires, which <laughs> yes. kinda under, which goes back and undercuts the whole hollow I, I I am the only, I my function on the on the ship was on the ship exploring was sex. That's what I'm really good at. No, she was probably using vampire pheromone. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah,
1: which... Kind of undercuts the one skill that we get for her, which kind of makes me go ah. Eh. But what I really liked, my favorite set piece area was everything on the map of Mars, the underground protector city, and all the caverns and the, the that park with the tree of life roof. I love that 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 what that was world building. I really like and, and the revelation. Oh, they have a gas laser. That's what the that's what got shut what shut down the uh, the lying bastard and.
0: I'll tell you though um, that that if you want to talk about retcon, that's the one that is totally sort of not talked about. Is that remember in the first book when Louis pulls out his uh, light gun wand thing?
1: Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, they like they have some taboo against lasers, right? Right,
1: yeah. yeah that, that 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 went far far. That okay, went
0: away. Yeah. That went away. <laughs> so maybe that was just a regional thing. <laughs> um, there, there's so many good uh, things in here, and I think that that's what led me to read the next book eventually when it came out. Um, the ghouls, I love the ghouls.
1: Up, uh, I, I, I uh, just, just interruption. I found on Wikipedia. Tila is a descendant of a former lover of Louis Wu. Oh, okay. 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 So there there, 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 you have that. So,
0: but the former lover could be, um,
1: could be. Uh, so I don't think they're related, but, but, she, but she was. Uh, she it's basically like dating the great 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 granddaughter sort of thing, right, right, but but right. but not actually being related to her. And that, well, we don't know. But yeah, well, we don't know. But that kind of reminds me again of Heinlein again. But you know.
0: Yeah. No, no, he keeps it. He keeps it much more in the family.
1: Yeah, he keeps it much more in the family. <laughs> go ahead, Jesse.
0: No, I'm just I I think like the ghouls are awesome. Um, one of the they there's a line in here about it says. The ghouls are the secret rulers of the ring world, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I believe in the next book, or mm, I think there's four books total that are ring world books. Um, in the next book, uh, I believe that's developed a little more and that um, we sort of see into... Uh, what What is really interesting to me is that I forgot how little is in this book about the vampires. So basically, there's a, one scene and then they're talked, to, talked about a bit, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but the idea that they're non-sentient all altogether right no, not just males or not just females
1: yeah they're completely a, yeah, the, the predatory animals they're, they're, they're meant to be as such
0: but again um, it de- it's dealing with this idea of uh, free will versus um, uh, choice right, right. so uh, you you find a attractive looking man uh, in the wherever it is, and you say, oh, he's sexy. I don't know what it is about him. It's his pheromones. Well, pheromones probably isn't as big a thing for humans uh, as it is for other animals. Um, Maybe it is, but it doesn't seem to be. But uh, if you think about our free will versus animals' free will, uh, what does Louis do as soon as he smells uh, the vampires? He's having sex with them, even if it'll kill him, right? And that's true of some animals, right? Um, The insects that they... They're stupid. <laughs> They'll go get killed. Um, black widow spiders and uh, praying mantises and all that stuff, right? Um, and the fact that when you can develop, if, if this subspecies develops and they become non-sentient, if you give them tree of life root, they become sentient. Like That's really interesting. How would that affect you to come out of that? Well, guess what? We were all in that state at one point, right? We were all non-sentient at some point, if if sentient is really a thing, and we came out of it somehow, I, I don't know, drinking mother's milk or whatever it is. Um, I guess that wouldn't be the case, but something brought us out of it, and we suddenly have consciousness and memory and what we think of as choice and all that stuff. So there's a this, this idea of what he's playing with, the, all the ideas he's playing with of free will and uh, whether you have choices and what... What Louis is trying to do—all those ridiculous things that we think of as RPG sort of events—where mm-hmm. um, he's mm-hmm. trying to kill the sunflowers or he's trying to fix the um, water fix, condensers, right? Oh. Fix the water condensers. Like I was happy when he 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 rolled a twenty and got the water condensers yep. working, right?
1: Yeah, but what, yeah, when he failed, that it's like, oh crap, you boxed your roll, Louis. He's he's looking for
0: he's looking for. Uh, ways to create meaning, uh, because he, he has been not creating meaning. He's been living that horrible life. It's This is a really smart book. And, yeah, it's sort of a trashy sequel in another sense, but it's a really smart book, and that's why I love re- – I, like, I really enjoyed reading this book, again. I don't know if I will in another 20 years, but uh, – <laughs>
1: I'm, was, not, I'm, not, I'm not sure it's a really re re readable book like say Ringworld is, but I don't mind having reread it.
2: Yeah, I don't I, think I would do it again.
1: Yeah,
0: I I, I don't know that I need to reread it again, but I did, I'm glad I did. I'll,
1: although I'll uh, still stuff for I'll still stuff in my role-playing games for. I mean, as I told you guys on Twitter in the last couple of days, I was dreaming about protectors while listening to right. this. It's Like, good yeah. God.
0: they're powerful they're powerful to think about and i think there's there's a lot that's why it's
1: one of his big ideas yeah
0: it is a really big idea and it's not a big idea in you know the big dumb object sense
1: right so
2: Uh, so in the protector book because i was okay so tila was able to create four more or three more protectors what where did they all go in this book is that (laughs) do we understand do we find that out two of them are
1: killed right um at one point, they
2: say maybe they all left after the first call for help, but all of them were. No, where no, two,
1: two, two of them were killed, and one is still at large. Is what? said. No, no, dead. the original ones, the original ones.
0: Okay, yeah, So oh. what happened? To the, that's that's a question for the Ringworld Throne, probably. But
1: yeah, I believe so. What? What? what why they fell in the first place? Predate. Yeah, all even.
2: the Peters are still there, but where, where did every single protector go?
1: I think that's um, answered in the future books.
0: Yeah, uh, but the thing is, is uh, just like sort of the the phase we're in now, where you know, um, you make a whole bunch of people soft, <laughs> and then they they don't know nothing because they were protected all day mm-hmm. uh, until it was too late. Um, nature has nature finds a way, um, and the thing about protectors is they are super smart, but they're also super dangerous. And that makes them super bad uh, to have around. Um, and I, I think... Th- I don't remember the plot of, of... Or how it develops in the Book Protector. But um, it, it makes me think of... Uh, my memory. It makes me think of how it was in the Ringworld... No, sorry. The Larry Niven, Jerry Purnell book, Moton God's Eye.
3: Yeah.
0: right. You've got all these really, really clever uh, aliens basically in a constant war against each other, mm-hmm. that's not good for anybody, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, uh, um, if you're in the up cycle of that, it's okay. It's, but you're on the down cycle, it's bad. Um, and by the way, uh, Paul, uh, yeah. you read God's Eye, right? Oh, yeah. see uh, you haven't read it, have you?
2: No.
0: Okay, that's, uh, that's a really good book as well. Um, I did a show on it already, so we can't do that one. But uh, the... The spider men or spider people. There's a monkey people in this book. They were kind of like the the mo- one of the Modis. One of the groups of Modis. Really good with their hands. Right. What were those guys called? The monkey people? No, they were hanging, the hanging people. Hanging people. I
2: think it was hanging people. There were yeah. Right yeah. hanging people. Yeah. Yeah. Here's
0: a list. Uh herders, grass giants, amphibians, hanging people, people. people. they go. Night- yeah, so the night- list of
2: people that are gonna die. Uh, yeah, mm.
0: yeah. We're supposed to kill five percent to save ninety-five percent. Don't those numbers sound familiar to you? It was the puppeteer who answered. The Ringworld's attitude jets system is five percent functional. I noticed the na- audiobook narrator didn't go deep into that voice. No, <laughs> I think it would have been hard contralto. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, we didn't talk much about missing Nessus. Yeah, we're yeah. No, we didn't. Yeah, I, I miss Nessus. Yeah, I don't like this new puppeteer's mind. <laughs> no,
1: No, no, no. The hindmost is a dick. Pardon my language. Yes, <laughs> N- 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 Nessus was much more of an interesting character. I just uh, started digging on Larry Niven's website, and apparently, in the in the following two novels, it's revealed that the protect- protectors vanish from most of the ring world about. Five hundred thousand bc because of a disease that kills off tree of life mm. and, really? and so, so the and so then the ring world just goes all, all the mutations start to happen and you wind up uh getting uh all the different species and stuff like the city builders arise and all that stuff so and
2: then the tree of life comes back
1: well the tree yeah. of life never left the uh never left the repair center but apparently it's applied it wasn't
0: else yeah it was
1: elsewhere that the so the protectors use it, but it dies off everywhere else and so the protectors mm-hmm. die out because they because uh, we're spoiling a little bit of protector if we actually do it uh, well,
2: no, no no that's t- okay but see, as as a reader for this book i would have liked to have at least a throwaway sentence they all right. got, like where do they yeah. go you know like, yeah. there's so yeah. many details so many he species, doesn't know. so many right. details so much but they was stuff like like big things like that,
1: just not mm-hmm. there. Yeah, because because once you take Tree of Life and turn it into protector, you need to keep eating it, which is why we have that big garden in the repair center that basically Teal is using to keep herself as a protector. So if you kill off, if you take if you take a protector away from Tree of Life, they will die. I right. see. Okay. So. So that's yeah, apparently that's, what happened on the Ring World. The,
0: it's another kind of addiction, isn't it?
1: It's another kind of addiction. It's it's yeah. it, it's mm-hmm. kind of like it's kind of like their booster spice,
0: or their current addiction, <laughs> or,
1: or or current addiction. Yeah. So, uh-huh. I, but again, yeah, having that red protector, you were kind of left out, like as as far as, far as those. The, yeah. Oh, that's, that's why that's she has this big garden. That's she it. needs it
2: because they said that the the tree of life is a what did they say a symbiont species? Is that what they mm. said?
1: Uh, there was the a, viruses. a virus, symbiotic but.
2: virus. So, so is the protector actually like that? Makes you think who's who's running the show then?
1: Yep, yep. Yeah, the virus is writing and rewriting your genes to, mm-hmm. it, to its specifications. So, yeah, so the protector is more than human to use, to use the old phrase or more than pack. yeah, anyway. But are we done? I think we're I, 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 I think we're done. I I don't uh, regret having read this book. I don't think I'm going to read it again anytime soon. But I'm going to still stuff on my, ro- my role playing games from this because, as I said, it it did get into my it did the the, the protectors did get into my brain even more than uh, I anticipated.
0: Powerful powerful ideas, powerful characters,
1: powerfully motivated. How about you, Misa? Um, uh,
2: I'm uh, I'm glad I read it. I wouldn't read it again. Um, mm-hmm. there were some interesting things but there were too, but there were too many things that, that bothered me and that for me to, to wholeheartedly endorse it
1: fair enough
0: this has been the SFF Audio Podcast please join us at www.sffaudio.com He's looking a little bit depressed there. I think his wife is cheating on him or
3: leaving I him. I
1: get – well, no, she, she can't leave him. She has to go there every year. But cheating on him, uh, you've seen the uh, – the whatchamacallit – or maybe you haven't seen the uh, Percy Jackson. No, I haven't. I mean in the first Percy Jackson movie, it's implied – it's more than implied that Persephone finds, finds comfort in visitors – Because, yeah, because Pluto does just doesn't. Oh, no, it's
0: Rashafra, my friend. It's (laughs) Rashafra. No,
1: no, she's doing with humans. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Is it God? God with Sasha? Okay, same for the podcast. Never mind. Okay. It's a goddess comp. Goddess goddess complex.
0: No, no, goddess gambit. Goddess Goddess gambit. Gambit. Goddess gambit. All right. Okay, here we go. So, that's
1: something else we can (laughs) talk about.
0: (laughs) All right. Um, I'll make sure I get the Wikipedia entry up. And there is
1: even a Wikipedia entry on, 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 on Rishastra. Yeah. Rishastra. <laughs> there is. Is, is there? It, it, yes. It, it, there is. There is. is. there pictures, Paul? No, there are no pictures.
0: Um, you guys, did you see the, Paul, did you see the, the pictures from the, uh, PDF I sent you?
1: No, I didn't actually read that. You
0: better look at that because there's some, um, there's a picture of the Otter Man, <laughs> the sea, the sea man.
1: Oh, is it, is it that bad? That's He's cute. He's so unhappy. That's oh
0: yeah,
1: oh. I thought he was pretty okay, cute. now I can see where you got the inspiration for your own drawing. I'm looking at this. No, I actually drew before. The, the and then the it deer. looks exactly like yeah, that the scene. thing. It's like surprise.
0: Yeah, it came way before, but I, it's, you know, it's just, a, I mean, my scene doesn't really happen exactly like that, but um, certainly. Uh,
1: oh my God, that is the most horrible picture of Speaker Chimmy I've ever seen. Yeah, there's a. Oh uh, God, that is horrible art.
0: <laughs> some of it is bad, but some's good. I, I really love the covers. The two covers are the great. covers
1: are fine, but some of these people, like, no, 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 that's not, that's not how they look like to me. Oh. oh, and she's bad, bad, Tila Brown, baddest protector in the whole <laughs> hey, day. Hey, save it <laughs> from the podcast. Okay, so Spoilers. Well, well, let's get started. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm already recording. Okay, so. Here
0: we go. You ready? Yes. Mm-hmm. Here we go.